This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. How many are ready for the word this morning? I'm not going to talk about the Tigers or, uh, or Brock's balls or anybody like that. We're just going to jump in the word. Last week... Uh, Pastor Rob did chapter 2 on the story. How many are enjoying the story? Hearing great testimonies, uh, how it's really ministering to people. I'm, I'm enjoying it too. And we heard about Abraham, the father of our faith. And we heard about blood covenant and how God put himself on the line to fulfill that covenant. And how uh, a promise was made to Abraham And that promise was that I will make a great nation from you. I will bless you and you will be a blessing to all the people of the earth. I want you to keep that in mind as we do chapter 3 today because you'll see it played out. Because we're going to talk about one of those descendants of Abraham named Joseph And Joseph is one of those characters that we can all see ourselves someplace, somewhere in. Amen? So we're going to have some fun and and look at the life of Joseph. I'm calling this from the pit to the palace. I want to mention the upper room story is God's story where God fulfills his purpose and the lower story as the human character's story with all the complexities and details of life, the up and downs of life. But God calls us to capture his upper story, what he's doing in our lives, capture that in our lives. What that means is I keep my focus on his word. This is the year of the word, remember? So we keep our focus on what God says despite what things look like. And Joseph was one of those that needed to keep his eyes on the dream, on the vision that God had given him or been very easy for him to have given up. I want to read from Genesis 37. And this is Jacob, who is Joseph's father, is sending him out to check on his brothers. And this is what we we see in Genesis 37, verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Brotherly love. Don't you just love it? Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him. Throw him into one of these cisterns. And say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Now what got us to this point where his brothers are ready to kill him? To throw him into this cistern, this, this pit. And I actually said they threw him in there and they're just eating lunch. And just discussing, you know, killing him. How did they get to this point? And we find that, that Jacob, it, he, was, he favored Joseph, the youngest. He was Jacob's favorite. He gave him this special coat of multicolors 
many colors that, that Joseph wore and because Jacob favored him. Now, was that wise for Jacob to favor one son out of the others? No. Was that the will of God? No. Because our love to our children is to be the same for each one. Now, I grant you, you may not like them as much as one of the others at times. That's okay. But I'm, I'm talking about love. The unconditional love is there at all times for all of them. So this wasn't wisdom. I believe that Jacob actually helped stir up the brothers against Joseph because of the way he treated, treated Joseph. Also, another thing is Joseph had some dreams. And these, these dreams... He told to his brothers and told to his parents. In, in Genesis 37, verse 5, it says, One night Joseph had a dream. When he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Let me just give you a tip. That might be the dream you want to hold. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I had another dream. He said, the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. So another question, was it wise for Joseph to share these dreams to his family about them bowing down to him? No, was not wise, but he's... He's 17 years old. He's a teenager. But I, me, personally, I look back to Jacob. Jacob should have got Joseph and said, Hey, Joseph, listen. Those dreams you have, come to me first. Let's talk about it. Because it says in scriptures that Jacob pondered on these dreams. He knew that God was working and, and moving, but he should have taken some authority as a parent and said, hey, cut the dreams out. Just think about it in your own family. <laughs> Would that fly? Hey, I had a dream last night you're going to bow down to me. <laughs> I'd start now. And, you know. <laughs> So they put him in this pit, and then they decide, well, we're not going to kill him because we can make some money off of this. So what they do, they sell Joseph into slavery. They betray him. They reject him. They took his, his robe that his father had given him, and they dipped it in blood and told his father that an animal must have got to him and took his life. And it said his, his 
father wept and he, he mourned. They, they mourned. They tried to comfort him, but they couldn't do it. So here we find Joseph, and he's been betrayed, rejected by his own family. So what happens next to him? Maybe it's going to get better. I mean, he has a dream from God, remember? God has given him this dream, these dreams with an S. So he's a slave, and he's sold into one of the officials of Pharaoh in Egypt. And it was Potiphar, and he's, he's there, and he, he takes over there. He actually, the favor of God, every place and every obstacle that he goes through, it, the Scripture says, and the Lord was present with him. The Lord was there. So he found favor, and he, he starts managing the whole household of Potiphar. Great position and everything, but Potiphar's wife gets an eye for Joseph, and she starts trying to seduce him. And the Bible says day by day she would come. She was trying to seduce him. He had nothing to do with it. And he said, I, your, your husband's my master, and he's given me reign over, over the household and given me everything except you, which he shouldn't. And he was doing the righteous thing. But one day, he comes into the house. It's just him and Potiphar's wife there. And she really puts the make on him. I mean, she's after him. And he runs off. And she grabs his cloak. And then she blames him for sexually assaulting her. So now, he's falsely accused. He's been re betrayed, rejected, now falsely accused. Well, he did the righteous thing. He ran away. He fleed that immorality. So what happens to him? Is he rewarded for that? The Bible says, and the Lord was with him. You couldn't tell it. He was in the pit. <laughs> he was a slave. Now he's falsely accused, and now he's imprisoned. Have you ever felt like you're doing the right thing, but things aren't going right? Keep your eyes on him. <laughs> so and now he's in prison. What happens? It said the Lord is with him, and he's favored, the favor. Of, of God is, is on him. And he starts managing the prison, taking care of it. And one day, a couple from Pharaoh's team come in. It was the baker and the cupbearer. They come in and they're imprisoned and they have a dream. And Joseph interprets the dreams. And the gist of it is the cupbearer, in three days, you'll be restored to your position. Now rejoice. And, and Joseph puts in there, remember me when you get out. <laughs> remember me. I'm sure he said, oh, I won't, I won't forget you. I'll remember you. And then you had the, the baker. This is kind of interpretation that would not be fun to give. Yes, I'm... 
And, and Joseph always said, I can't interpret dreams. God does. He always gave the glory to God. Said, God is the one. And God gave the interpretation to Joseph. He said, in three days, you're going to lose your head. And that's exactly what happened. So here we have Joseph hearing from God, interpreting these dreams, ministering, and this one's released. And probably Joseph thought, well, this is it. He's going to remember this. And what happened? Say forgotten. Forgotten. He's betrayed. He's rejected. He's falsely accused. He's imprisoned. Now he's forgotten. Now, sometimes I, I know a point in my own life where I wanted the people I was around probably to put me in ministry. I know now we're all in ministry, but I, I guess I could say five-fold full-time ministry. And you know, I had this, this heart's desire to preach and minister the Word of God. And I just kept waiting. I was doing everything I could to get there. And I can remember the day I just said, God, you gave me this dream. You gave this to me. But I give it up. I just, I surrender. I'm going to stop trying to make this happen. And, and seriously, it was like the Lord said, oh, good. And I just, and I, I said, I said to myself, I'm going to serve my pastor as if I'm serving Jesus. That's just what came out of me. Pastor Fred, I'm going to serve him. I was already serving him. I was an elder there, but that's just what came out of me. And I, and I, I kind of died to that dream. I did. It didn't matter to me anymore. Say, so I'm going to minister and I was just having a good time ministering, having fun to the Lord. And I can remember uh, I was out in the foyer at, at, the, at the church and there was a little speck of paper. I just went over and, and, and picked it up and I, I remember uh, Valerie uh, Bennett was there and she goes, she said something was a servant. I said, what a servant? I said, no, it was just God's house. And just didn't, I was carefree. It was the most liberating thing to have. <laughs> I didn't care. I was just in love with Jesus, and I was just going to serve him with all my heart. And then a strange thing started happening. I get a call from Pastor Kirk, and he says, I have a church for you, the pastor, if you're interested, in Kansas. And uh, I did pray about it with some of the complexity of my uh, kids and stuff. So I'm, not, I'm not moving. Another offer came. And then I got invitations to, to go out and minister and preach. Um, and I, I didn't care if I didn't or not. It was just, you know, wherever, Lord. God started making the thing happen when I took my hands off trying to make it happen on my own. I never, 
I never sent an invitation or anything. It's just they came to me. I believe in the sense that was probably happening to Joseph, or at least that's the way it was ministering to me. Two years forgotten. Here I am in this prison. Can you imagine me in prison two years? And he's probably thinking, you know, Lord, I just give you the dream. And God made it happen. And getting ahead of myself. He made it happen. So two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. And none of his people could interpret the dream. And, you know, the fat, seven fat cows and seven skinny, you know, skin on skeleton cows and the skinny lean cows eat the big fat cows and He's asking, what does this mean? And then the cupbearer goes, oh, I, I think I know just the guy for you. And they call for Joseph, and Joseph comes, and he interprets Pharaoh's dream. He said, you're going to have a seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. The seven years of famine will eat the years of plenty. So what you need is to have someone who is wise to administrate and organize, to store up food, to ration food, to oversee this, to prepare for this. And I'm sure Joseph gave him a smile. <laughs> I don't know. But Pharaoh goes, I think you're the one. <laughs> And in one day, he went from prison to palace to second in command in Egypt. Pharaoh said, all is at your command. You're, you're it, except for me. Can you imagine the change that took place in one day? Everything else didn't look like it was going to ever come to pass. Looked like there's no way. You're in prison. But God brought it to pass. Never quit, never give up. Give your dream to God. You be responsible and do what you know to do. And let him bring it to pass. Because the dream is bigger than us. The God dream is bigger, right? It's bigger than us. We can't make it happen. He makes it happen. So he went from one betrayed, rejected, falsely accused, forgotten, to the most powerful man in Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. He's the, most, the second most powerful man in the world. But famine hits, and now his family is hungry. And Jacob says to the brothers, look, there's food in Egypt. You need to go. You need to go see if you can get us some food. The brothers didn't recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognized them. These that hated him and sold him into slavery... Now, you remember 
he had a dream about the sun and the moon and the 11 stars that would bow down and worship him. Well, he finds out another son. There was just 10 brothers before, but in his old age, Jacob had another son, Benjamin, which made 11. 11 stars. Why I say stars? Because Abraham was told to look at the stars. Your descendants will be like the stars. And God is so detailed and so precise. He gives Joseph a dream about 11 stars or descendants that would bow down before you. And it was his brothers, 11, that would bow and fall down before Joseph. Through a series of circumstances, the younger brother, Benjamin, is, is to stay there. And, and, and you can read uh, the story. But Benjamin is to stay and be a slave. But what happens here pierces Joseph's heart. Because these are the ones that sold him, their brother. But this time... Judah stands up and says, I don't know if you have a father or brothers, but this is the youngest son. I will lay down my life. He must go to my father or he will die. It will break his heart. And he said, I'll lay down my life for my brother. See, Joseph recognized that they were the same brothers, but at the same time, they weren't the same brothers. God had done a work in them, and now they were ready to die for Benjamin. God had done a work in his family. Joseph was looking at the same brothers, but the brothers were not the same. In Genesis 45, verse 1, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. He cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. I mean, they're looking at each other going, we're dead. (laughs) Is this Joseph? I love what Joseph said. Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there had been famine in the land. For the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth to save your lives by great deliverance. 
God was protecting his covenant he made with Abraham, that blood covenant, that there would be a great nation rise and wasn't going to be wiped out by a famine. God had a plan. God had a way to take care of his family. But I want you to notice something that I, I hadn't seen before. And I've, I've read about Joseph and preached about Joseph several times, but all of Egypt was blessed. They were all fed. And the Abrahamic covenant with God said, I will bless you and you will bless all the people of the earth. See, Christians, believers, we're to be a blessing even to the unbeliever. We're to make a difference in this earth because we're connected to God and we have a covenant with God. We make a difference. That's the reason we have to be 100% sold out to God. Giving him our all. Amen? He said, come near to me with your fear, your, your guilt, your shame, your hunger, everything. He told us, brothers, come near to me. I love that. God sent me to save you and others. When God, what God does in the people of God is not just for the people of God, but for the whole world. Blessing those that know him and don't know him. It was God's will to get Joseph from here to here. God did not cause his brothers to throw Joseph in a pit. We have to understand that. But God knew what they were going to do. He had a plan. He used what was meant for evil. How many know God's not the author of evil? Don't blame God for some tornado, some hurricane, for something that took people out. God's not the author of evil. But how many know there is an enemy? There are people that are living for the wrong God. And there's evil. And when evil comes against you, if you have your alignment with him, the upper story... What happens? Everything that is meant for evil against you will be turned to good. When you come to the Lord, you realize that everything that you've done in your life that was wrong, God uses for good. You have a testimony. And we have to keep our eyes on that. That's what Joseph saw. He saw that God's plan, his dream would come to pass despite the way it looked like. And I know he's human, he had times, you know. Oh, God. But God's presence was there and God's favor. And the dream came to pass. All the brothers bowed before Joseph. He was 39 years old. It had been 22 years since he had had the dream. 
And for those 22 years, it looked like there was no way it was going to happen. Till one day. One day. I got to thinking there's a dream in us. Or, and that's a dream of God. But there's, there's a bigger dream than all of us. It happened in one, a young preacher who walked on the shores of Galilee. He was betrayed, rejected by his brothers. He was falsely accused. He was forsaken, forgotten. His blood was spilled. But God resurrected him and raised him up to the, to the right hand of God the Father. To the right hand of God. And Jesus says, come near to me. Even in your struggle, even in your pain, even in suffering, come, come near to me. There's forgiveness, there's peace, there's grace, there's mercy. There's more than enough for you. What a God that we serve. He was hurled into the pit, but Jesus was raised up to the right hand to feed us the bread of life. His robe was dipped in blood, and our ransom was paid. His blood makes us a part of his dream. Do you realize your lower story is a part of the dream of God? Hallelujah. What Jesus saw, what took him to the cross was you and I. And he comes to us today. Do you seek the American dream? Accumulation of all the things that you can get. Fame, fortune, position, achievement, seeking your own accomplishments, the best house or whatever. But Jesus would say, come near to me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Nothing wrong with being prosperous. Nothing wrong with increase and, and these things. But seek first the kingdom. Have prosperity with a purpose. A kingdom dream. A kingdom dream will cost you even like it cost Joseph. There's a price to pay. But it's worth it. It's worth it. You're not just reading the story as a believer spectator. You're an active participant in God's story. You are a part of God's story. As New Covenant believers, you can read about you in the Bible. So, well, I'm just struggling. I have some pains and I'm, I'm going through things what do you do what did Joseph do you see this in your notes number one what I 
when I keep my life in alignment with God's upper story, he promises to use the evils done against me, the challenges, trials, and tests of my life for good. Boy, that releases you. That sets you free. Scriptures tell us several times about rejoicing even in tribulation and giving God praise. In Genesis 50, verse 19, it says, Joseph replied, don't be afraid. Do not act. Do I act for God? Don't you see you planned evil against me? But God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, lives for many people, life for many people. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Pastor, I, I, I don't know if I, I love God. Well, make a decision. I'm going to love God. <laughs> Called according to his purpose. Lay down your purpose. Say, I'm seeking first your kingdom. Repent. Turn to him. Just change your mind. When you do that, there comes the enabler, the grace of God to enable you to fulfill that which you just said to the Lord that you wanted to do. Going through something, tough circumstances today. Interesting, thought about Paul said in prison, and you can read this in Philippians chapter 1, but he said, this thing that happened to me, my, my circumstances, this imprisonment has turned out for the good to advance the gospel. This is the same guy that said, our light afflictions. Or just for a moment. It's one of my heroes. So number two, I let go of the past. I walk in forgiveness. Life is too short to carry offenses. It's going to hurt you. It's going to make you bitter. It's going to mess you up. It will stop you. Joseph forgave his brothers and he let go of the past. So we trust the past to the Lord. Refuse to be offended. Dead people don't get offended. I'm not dead. You're dead in Christ is what the word says. Okay. Colossians 3 verse 13. Be even tempered, content with second place. Unless you're playing basketball. <laughs> no. Be content with second place. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Everybody got their garment on? Wearing love today? Number three, I trust my future to the promises of my faithful father God. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. When Joseph was about to die, he knew the word the Lord said there'd be 400 uh, plus years that the nation would be serving and be another nation. And he knew that that time was going to be up. 
And he said, he told the, the family, he said, God will come and visit and he will return you back to the promised land they gave to Abraham. And when that happens, you take my bones. I want to be buried there in the place of covenant where God's called me. Joseph held these things in his heart. We have to hold these things in our heart. He died at 110. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Thank you, Lord. If there's anyone here, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. It's the most important decision that you can make. Eternity's a long, long time. It's hard for our minds to imagine how long that is. But he died and gave us life. Paid a horrific price where we could be a part of the family of God. Maybe you're watching online. You can make a decision right there where you're at. It's all about the heart. Surrendering to him realizing that you need a savior the truth is everyone will, will live forever but it's in one or two places a place uh, of torment called hell or a place of bliss called heaven if you're ready to accept him we're going to pray a prayer if you'll pray this from your heart, the Bible says he welcomes you into his family. Say, dear God, I give my life to Jesus Christ who came and died to rescue me. Thank you for that great love. They went to a cross that I deserved. He took my shame, my guilt, my sin. He took it all for me. I receive his sacrifice. And I declare, and I speak from my heart that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I belong to you now, and I give you the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. In just a moment, we're going to have prayer partners come, and you, you receive the Lord, come and let them pray with you. But one thing stirring in me, 
and just keep your heads bowed for just a second. You've been praying for the dream of God in your life to be revealed. And this is what the Lord would say to you. Walk where you're walking and I'll unfold. Walk in faith and stop asking over and over and take your stand in faith because I've heard your prayer and I've heard your cry and it's a righteous cry that's touched my heart but I'm revealing and unfolding I'm showing you something in this process that will help you later on in fulfilling that dream so trust me in this and walk where you're walking responsible as a steward passionate and thank me for the answer and watch me reveal it now if you know your kingdom dream I want you to stand up for just a second if you know the dream of God that he's given you Everybody stretch your hands towards thee. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these that have heard and know distinctly and clearly that kingdom call, that kingdom dream. And Father, I thank you even as Joseph said that the the scripture said the Lord was with him. I thank you that the Lord is with each of these. That you're there, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for revelation of the next step. Revelation and wisdom to carry it out. Because God wants to take the limits off. There's been to me limiting thoughts and limiting actions. And God says, I'm an unlimited God, so stop thinking so small and look up. Look up. There's more. There's more for you. There's more for you. There's more for you. You've been graced to walk in the place that you now walk. But the Lord wants you to know there's more grace for a greater expression of the kingdom call within you. And Lord, we release that and believe that for each of those standing. Thank you, Lord, for being so good, such a great king, such a great God. We love you. We worship you. And we surrender our lives. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. 
You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. I'm a sinner.